This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Make your life count. We want to make your life count. Welcome to church today, everybody. Uh, I'm Pastor Dave. I'm the guy that came up a little earlier, if you didn't recognize me. You know, my oldest or youngest son said to me, Dad, like, I don't even think you're a pastor. Mom does all the preaching. It's like, wow, man, just humbled, humbled by the young man. He's true. Mom does take all my words. But anyway, you got to know what your gifts are. And we're just thankful that we can uh, share uh, in ministry together. I get to do this with my wife for so many years, 22 years, and uh, we are blessed. And so, you know, today we want to make your life count. What does the Bible say about this? Now, listen. If you have been here the last two weeks, or maybe you missed a week, I want you to listen in last week's. Watch last week's message. It's kind of blown my mind all week. Generosity. What does that look like? I think when we talk generosity, we're always thinking about money. We think about our finances. Yes, it's that, but it's so much more. It's relationships. It's connecting with people. And what makes this church work is people. God could do it all on his own. He doesn't really need us, but he's chosen to use us and to be a part of the family. And so we all have our gifts. We all have our skills and abilities, and maybe you're not sure what yours are. I'm going to just ask that you lean into God, listen to his voice, let him speak to you today as we just kind of continue in part three in this message make your life count. I mean, I want to make my life count. Life is like a vapor. It's quick. It doesn't last forever here on this earth. It's, it's, a, it's a brief moment in time. Every single day, all of us are faced with decisions. We got we to, it seems like a million decisions you have to make. And if you have small children, you have a million and a thousand more on top of that. But let me ask you this. What are you giving your time and your energy to? And we give our time and energy to all sorts of things. Your phone will actually tell you where you're spending some of your time. If you're not sure where you're putting your time, is it sports, your favorite athletic sports team, your hobbies, uh, maybe gaining wealth, working hard to make sure that, you know, you can provide and and support your family. But none of these things really provide lasting satisfaction, right? I mean, Ken, you've heard this before. A New Testament scholar, J.B. Phillips, he translates Ephesians 5.15 this way, and I love this. Listen to this. He says, live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. God's purpose for your life is to make your life count, not just for this brief life here on earth, but for eternity. If you were to write out your life purpose, you know, like actually think about it for a few minutes and write it out, a good life purpose would be this. Know God and make him known. Would you agree with that? That sounds like a good life purpose. Jesus gave the great commandment, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your, what? Strength. The second is this. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. We love God and make him known by what? By serving others. By reaching out to those around us. Service is a pathway to joy and to fulfillment. I love serving. I love being a part of the church. And if you're not involved in something that's greater than yourself, you're just putting in time. Because life is meant to serve others, to ministry towards others. God wants you to make a difference in the world, not just your own sphere. God wants to work through you. But the God of this world, Satan, listen to this today, will do all he can from you fulfilling God's purpose for your life. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.12, your struggle is not against people. Your struggle is not against people. You're, it's against principalities. It's against powers, against darkness present in this world. Ah, when you think of the scripture, doesn't it kind of feel like this is something that we're all living through today? Ah, that's what I'm going through. There many times when I was maybe sitting down and chatting with someone, having a conversation, and the conversation's difficult, and I don't know where to go or what else to say or what else to do. Because, you know, as a pastor, you feel like you've got to have all the answers. I'm just telling you right now, if you come to me, I don't got the answers. Jesus is the answers. The Holy Spirit would remind me in these moments that your struggle is not with people that your struggle is a spiritual battle it's a spiritual battle so don't fight this spiritual battle in your own strength are you hearing me today now the same warning that the apostle paul gave young timothy is needed today he says this in second timothy 3 1 through 5 it's this this paraphrased version you should also know this timothy then in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. Oh boy, does this sound familiar. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Seen that? Disobedient to their parents. Oh my, every parent in the room can agree to this one. And ungrateful. That's why we have a grateful time in our, our dinner time every single night of our family's lives. They will consider nothing sacred. Isn't this so true? They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and have no interest in what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act as if they are religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly. You must stay away from people like that. It's the Bible. Ephesians 5, 15 and 20 says this. Live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time. Despite all the difficulties of these days, don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. 
I like this part. Don't get your stimulus from wine. Oh my. For there is always the danger of excessive drinking. Now I'm just Italian, so I'm just saying right there, okay, something I got to be aware of. You're supposed to laugh there. I'm sorry. That was, that was bad. But let the Spirit stimulate your souls. Express your joy in singing among yourselves psalms and, and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your hearts for the, for the ears of God. Thank God at all times for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and fit in with each other just because you all recognize that God is the supreme power overall. There's so much there. This passage tells us how to make your life count. Three things I want to go through today. I'm going to give you lots of scripture. I'm going to kind of like just, just hold on, write some things down if this helps you. F first thing we need to do if we're going to make our life count today is to be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. The first part of chapter 5, Paul says Christians are to be, what, children of light. And we're not to have fellowship with darkness. It just sounds so interesting how the, how the Bible says it. Not to have fellowship with darkness. Well, I don't have fellowship with darkness. Of course I like the light. But as Christians, be careful how you live. The King James Version says, walk circumspe circumspectly. The word also can be translated to diligently or carefully. We're not to drift through life wandering to and, and from and just kind of getting through life. We're to take control. Take charge of life. Romans 12 talks about this. Paul says, do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God. The, this J.B. Phillips translation says, live not as men who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Live like you know the meaning of life. I think for so, some of us, we just kind of try to get by. Come on, church. I'm calling you today to not live on your own thoughts, your own abilities, your own strength, your own desire, but live according to what the Word of God is teaching us. And if we're going to be called Christians, people of faith, people who want to serve and, and give our lives to Him, we need to know what the Word of God is teaching us and saying to us and how we are going to live that out each and every day. From time to time, we need to be reminded... Uh, that our life on earth is brief compared to eternity. Compared to eternity, our life is like a speck in this vast universe. You know, thinking about that, I was, I was, I was searching, researching, and there's this elderly woman. She, she wrote a letter to a friend with this kind of in mind here. And the letter starts off, let me read it to you. She says, Dear Bertha, She's elderly. Her friend's name's Bertha. <laughs> I don't have any friends Bertha at this point, but if your name's Bertha, I'd like to meet you today. <sighs> okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. Dear Bertha, she says, I'm, I'm reading more and dusting less, admiring my garden more and, and fussing less. 
fussing less about the weeds. I'm, I'm spending more time with loved ones and less time working. Since life's meant to be enjoyed, not endured, I'm no longer postponing the things that add joy and laughter. I'm using my best china to celebrate special events. Like the first crocus. I had to look that up. I didn't know what that was. This is like a, it's, a, it's a flower thing. Or, or losing a pound. Oh my goodness, when I lose a pound, I am celebrating. I understand what you're going through here. I wear my new jacket to the supermarket, and I'm not saving my expensive perfume. I wear it for store clerks and bank tellers. Someday, no longer figures in my vocabulary. If it's worth doing, I must do it now. I think so many of us are like waiting for that special moment. Like when it's all just kind of, I'm saving myself. When this happens, then this will happen. When this happens, live like your life matters today. How different would you live if you knew that you wouldn't be here tomorrow? Would you hug the people you love more often? Would you contact those friends that have been off in the distance? Would you pursue some opportunities that you've always talked about, but you just wait and you wait and you wait? Every single morning, we should remind ourselves that every minute of every day, every breath we take is a gift from God. Can I get an amen in the room today? Let's start living as those who know the meaning of life. The Apostle Paul says, don't let the world around you shape your life. Don't be conformed or, or squeezed into taking on the ways of the world. Ephesians 5.16 says this, live not as fools, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity by doing good in these evil days. There's so much evil in this world. Turn on the television for a, for a minute. Scroll through the social media, you see all the evil, you see all the, the horrendous things that are taking place in this world. Man, we could, we could focus all of our attention on that, and what is it going to give us? An ulcer. A headache. It's like just crawl back into your fetal position, go home again. Live like your life matters today. If you follow Jesus, as his disciple, you are to be careful how you live right? That's what the Bible says. A disciple is one who, who practices spiritual disciplines. Now, if you're new to this and you're not sure of this, I'm going to encourage you to go to Alpha, as, as Pastor Gifty was talking about. Alpha helps you discover who Jesus is. Was he, was he a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or is he the Lord of our lives? What does the Bible say about that? Are we just following something that seems like a neat thing, or, is, or are we kind of we just like check our brains at the door and just do what the church pastor says to do. Make sure I pray every day, take my vitamins, and go to church. The answer is always Jesus. Come on, live with this beautiful understanding of who God is and who you are and what you're created to do in this world. Disciple is one who practices spiritual disciplines. Your discipline in how you think and how you act and how you walk in, in Jesus. Proverbs 10, 17, 17 says, whoever practices spiritual discipline is on the way to life. You want to live? Start practicing some spiritual disciplines. 
Maybe you need to ask yourself, what am I doing in my life currently that is, that is living this out? Where have I gone wrong? Where, where have I veered off the track? I, I got to get back on, on track here. First Timothy 4.7 says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. As a disciple of Jesus, you're developing holy habits. Holy habits of the heart. There are good habits and there are bad habits. A habit is something that we do on a regular basis. A habit becomes second nature to us. Some habits are easier to um, accomplish than others. For me, eating comes very easily. Oh, I am good. I will out-eat any one of you. If we have a hot dog eating contest, I'm your man. Forget the pie eating contest, though. I'm not into that. But I'll tell you what comes hard to me. This habit of exercise. Oh, I got a gym membership the other day. We worked on legs on Friday. Guess what hurts today? My legs. I was afraid I wasn't going to make it up these stairs this morning. But I made it. It's a habit I have to build into my life. Habit of physical exercise is, is more difficult for me. First Timothy 4.17. Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. Oh man, that's good. Someone needs to hold on to that today. Someone needs to grab that today. Someone, someone in this room is saying, oh man, I knew there was a catch to this whole faith walk with Jesus. Listen, there's no catch. We don't give you all the good stuff and go, okay, so now you want to know the real deal about following Jesus? It's going to be about spiritual disciplines. You're going to have to discipline yourself to this and hear all the things you need to do. You're going to read your Bible, take your vitamins every single day. No, there's no catch. There's just a plan. In order to get where you want to go, in order to go where God wants you to go, you got to follow the plan. I think we've overcomplicated this as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And maybe, maybe you're here today like, I don't, well, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm here because the babies are cute and, I, and someone said I needed to come. Good, glad you're here. I'm praying that God would speak to you and help you to understand that he's got a bigger purpose in store for you. In order to keep spiritual fit, there are some things that you just got to let go. Everybody say, let go. Say it again, let go. You got to get rid of some stuff. Maybe you got to let go of an extra 15 to 30 minutes of sleep every morning. Get up early. Spend some time reading the Bible. Meditating, hearing from God, like getting into the word. What is he saying to you today? How do I live my life today? What do I do? What's God saying in his word to me? But I, but I woke up late and so I don't have time. Then I don't fit it in my schedule. I don't fit it in my routine. And now I'm like just living my life without purpose and focus. But I go to church on Sunday and that's all I need. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Trust me. If I show up here Sunday and this is the first time I've opened my Bible, you're in trouble. Go find another church. But I'm telling you, I'm asking God every day, God, speak to me. Not just for my church, but speak to me. Because if this doesn't make sense for me, if I don't wrestle through the word of God for myself, then I, I've got nothing. And all I have is this really neat church and this really neat family and this really neat life, but it's empty and meaningless. And I'll tell you, years ago, when I, when I was empty and felt meaningless, I said, Jesus, show up for me. And guess what? He did. He said, here's the plan. 
follow me. Here's my word. Get into it every day. And that's what I've been trying to do. You may have to let go of some TV. I'm sorry, that Netflix special, you just got to put it on hold. Somebody Feed Phil is a good one, man. I love that one. I love food. Like I said, that's a great, but I got I to gotta pause it every time. I can't watch it all. I can't watch it straight like I used to. I got to find some things that are just a waste of my time and put them aside. Hebrews 12 talks about this, verse 1. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. What's the sin that hinders your progress? It's different for everybody. Might be the same. But for you got to know what is that thing that is holding you back, that is confusing you, that is throwing you off from the purpose God has for you. In order to develop spiritual habits of the heart, you must say no to some things. Martha, the New Testament, we read about this. Mary and Martha, Martha was distracted by her many tasks. Jesus was in her home. Martha forgot to keep first things first. She got her priorities confused and all mixed up. Mary chose the better way, the Bible says. So let me ask you this. Take a quick inventory. If you're taking notes, write this down. I want, to ask, I want you to ask yourself this. Of all the things that I'm doing, all the things that I'm involved with today, what am I doing that is going to last for eternity? Oh, man. I hate when pastor asks us to take a look at ourselves. I just wish I could point the finger at someone else because I'm really good at showing up for someone else and telling them what they're doing wrong. I'm telling you, I got to do the same thing for me. It's not easy. Determined to make choices that honor the Lord if you want to make your life count. So be careful how you live. The second thing I want us to consider today is this. If we're going to make our life count is this. Know the will of the Lord. To make your life count, try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. How do you discover God's will? Well, the Bible says that if you lack wisdom or understanding, ask God for it. Ask God. James 1.5 says that if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you. He will not resent your, you asking. Don't look to the world for answers. Stop scrolling the internet, social media, to find out what's the coolest thing, what's the newest thing, what's, what, what do I need to know about this world? I'm not saying hide under a rock like you have no idea what is happening. I'm saying don't look for all the answers to your life, to the things you're going through, through the world's lens. Are you hearing me today? And it's so easy to get caught up in this. I'm not pointing the finger at you today. I'm pointing the finger at myself as well. This is easy to get distracted. Ephesians 5.18 says, declares that, that you'll not find God's will in the ways of this world. Everything that this world has to offer is only temporary. We know this, right? And gives us false hope and gives us this artificial joy. Only the things offered by God are eternal. You'll find God's will by surrendering your, your life fully and completely to the Lord. 
Jesus doesn't just want some half-hearted disciples. He wants fully devoted disciples. Romans talks about this, 6.13. Give yourselves completely to God since you've been given new life. Use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Give your bodies to God. God doesn't want 10%, 49.5%. He wants all of you, 100%. You see, I think some of us look at our lives and we imagine it to look like a pie. Now, I'm always talking food, sorry. You know, like I, you, you heard my struggles, right? You might think your life is like a pie. And it's got different slices, right? Like one slice is your career, one slice is your social life, another is your married life, your relational life, your family, maybe a slice is, is recreation, and, and then a life, a slice of the pie is future planning. And then you have your spiritual life. Here it is. You know, God has a nice piece of the pie. Full pie, you got slices for everything, and there's spiritual life there. C.S. Lewis once said, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. If God's story is true, and it is, God deserves your entire life. When you follow Jesus, it's all or nothing. I think I would do a disservice to you if you came to church today and this is your first time here and say, so glad you're here today. We're, we, we've got lots of wonderful things taking place here. You know, whatever you can do, and if you want to serve, and if you, if you got some time, you can help out in some way, but you know, we don't want to really bother you. If you can find it in your heart, oh, you know, please, would you just serve just a little slice of your time? I would do you a disservice today if that's how we function. The Bible says give it all. God's given you life, and he's given it to you abundantly. He has, he has opened his life to you. He's died on a cross so that you can have fulfillment and purpose in your life. And I'm not saying to you today, hey, if you got some time, show up. Maybe volunteer. Help us out in the parking lot. You know, there's some kids that really could use some help, some dads or some moms. If you could just, like, maybe once every 17 weeks show up. Like, if you're in, 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 ready to, to come to church once every five weeks, that's fine. Uh-oh, where is he going with this? Because it's been five weeks since the last time I came to church. God wants you. He wants all you have. He wants your life, entirety, everything you have. He wants it all. Not just a slice of you. Not just a piece of you. Not just the excess of you. And it shouldn't be something that seems like a burden. It should be like, you got all of me, God. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Where can I jump in? That's the kind of life he wants to give you. That's the kind of life that God deserves. When you follow Jesus, it's all or nothing. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and both money. What or who is number one in your life? Let me go through this again from the beginning. Is it sports? Is it caring for your career? Is it your family? Is it your hobbies? Security? All those things are great and are important, but they should not be number one. Maybe for some of you, that's like, are you kidding me? My family's everything. Yeah, huge priority. You need to care for them. You need to honor them. And they are a high priority. But Jesus better be number one. In Luke 14, verses 18 to 20, Jesus tells the story why people make excuses for not putting God first. So there's this king, and he prepares this great banquet, invites all the guests to come. I love this story. It's kind of crazy, but he, he invites them to come to this incredible ban- uh, banquet. But those that are invited make excuses. You remember reading this? Maybe you've never read this. I want you to hear this today. It's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 18 to 20. They all began making excuses. One said that he had just bought a field and wanted to inspect it. Come on, that's such a good one. So he has to be excused. Another one said he just buy, bought, purchased five pair of oxen and wanted to try them out. If I was there with Jesus, I'd be like, get out of here. That was his excuse. Another one had just been married, so I can't come right now. I just, I just got married. Jesus, you, you don't understand. One used the excuse of wealth. One wanting to watch his investment in real estate. Another uses his work as his excuse. And the third used his wife. Regardless of the circumstances, people can always find excuses for not serving the Lord. I mean, I've used them. We've all used them. We all find excuses for the things that we don't want to do. But when, we, when God gets a hold of our heart, when God gets a hold of the inside of you, you are just open to another reality. Okay, God, whatever I wanted to do, I put that aside for you. I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to walk with you. Here's a biblical principle. That when you trust God and give him your all, he helps. He helps you take care of everything else. Matthew 6.33 says that he'll take care of you even when you put him first. In everything you do, put God first and he'll direct your and crown your efforts with success. You want success in your family? Put him first. You want success in your career? Put God first. Do you want success in your school and your academics? Put God first. God only blesses when he's number one in your life. The teaching of Ephesians 5, 15 to 20 tells you how to make your life count. Be careful how you live. Know the will of the Lord. Then you will, the third thing here, and the final thing as we close today, live a joy-filled life. When you make your life count, walking and living as fully devoted followers of Jesus, then you're going to experience this joy-filled life. When God is first, regardless of how you feel or what your circumstance is, you can begin your day strong with the singing in your heart. When you live this joy-filled life, you can, you can sing all sorts of 
styles of music. You sing psalms, you sing God's word, you sing traditional hymns if you're a traditional hymn person. You sing praise choruses all day long, spiritual songs. In all things, you give thanks to the Lord. And you will always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's word calls you to make your life count. Live to the glory of God. Let's go through it. Be careful how you live. Know the will of God and live a joy-filled life. You make your life count by surrendering all to your Lord. Everything to him today. Let's pray together all across this place. Would you just bow your heads in prayer? God, as we come to you today, we hear your word, we are encouraged by the truth that you've left us to make it through. We sing hallelujah together, Lord. We sing with our hearts open before you today. God, we ask you to come and fill us now to remind us who we are in you. And maybe for the first time, someone in this room is coming close to you as they invite you into their life. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.